May 29th, 2023. We're in Masechet Betza and Aleph. If you count from the top of the Amu down, it's 12 lines down. Says the Gemara, two words onto the line. Tane Tana Kameh Derbitz Hakbar Abba. Vayakreb et Ola Vayasea Kamishpat. Kimishpat Olat Nedava. Limed al Olat Hova Sheteuna Semicha. So this Gemara is really, even though the Gemara didn't explicitly tell us so, it's really taking us forward in the Mishnah. If you recall, the Mishnah taught us uh, that we've been dealing with that there was a mahluk between Bet Shammai and Bet Hilel on several matters. Among them, if you recall, on Dafyotet Amudal, if the Mishnah says at the end that uh, even according to Bet Shammai, who agree that Midi'in Shilamim, that you could bring a, a Korban Shilamim, on the Yom Tov, right? There are specific korban shelamim that are hova, obligatory on every Yom Tov. The shalmeh hagiga, the shalmeh simcha, which we discussed and we explained. Even when you bring them in somchin alehem, according to Beit Shammai, the simcha, the placing your hand on the animal and pressing down on the animal, putting your, all your energy into it, is forbidden according to Beit Shammai. Although you need to do it, you would do it on eight of Yom Tov at most, according to Beit Shammai. According to Beit Hillel, in contrast, you bring the Shilamim on the holiday and you even do the Simichanet. So this Gemara, this Gemara now is picking up on that, assuming that you have that in mind, and that pushes the matter forward. So the Gemara then states, Tanetana Kameder Bitz Hakbar Abba. There's a statement of an individual in front of Rbitz Hakbar Abba. Rbitz Hakbar Abba was the rabbi at the time in this context, and here's an individual teaching Beraitot in front of him. So he cited the following Beraita. The Beraita begins with this Pasuk, Vayakreb ta'ola vayaseha kamishpat. If you take a look at the side, this is a Pasuk from Vayikra Periktet. It's a Pasuk from Parashat Shemini. Parashat Shemini, of course, deals with the eighth day of the Miluim. It's the day on which we consecrated the Mishkan. This Korban, which is referenced in the Pasuk, is what's called a Korban Hova. It was an obligatory Korban. It's an Ola, which was being brought by Aharon, which was an obligation. This was not a Nidava, this was not uh, out of the goodness of his heart. It was rather what he had to do. Now, the specific in the Pasuk is Vayakrevet Ola, he sacrificed the Ola, Vayaseha Kamishpat. That word is the most critical word for our purposes in this Beraita, kamishpat. Of course, the word mishpat, we know, for example, from parashat mishpatim. It means according to its law. What's the reference in the pasuk that he did the korban ola, which again is an obligatory one, a korban hova, kamishpat. The interesting thing is we don't really have much knowledge with regards to korban olat hova in this context in the Torah. And as a result, the reference in the Pasuk when it says that Aharon sacrificed and fulfilled this Korban Kamishpat is, uh, is, is a question in the eyes of the rabbis. Like the laws of what? It's almost as if we're giving an analog, as if we're comparing this Korban uh, to another Korban. It's for that that the Beraita explains Kemishpat Olat Nidava. It was like the laws of Mishpat Olat Nidava. Now, Olat Nidava, we do know about. So let's again take another step backward. The Torah, at the very beginning of Sefer Vayikra, first Pesukim, Parashat Vayikra, describe a Korban Ola. A Korban Ola, the Torah describes, if you want to, if from the goodness of your heart, 
because you're feeling close to God, because you're thankful, because of any circumstance, you want to bring a korban olah, here are the details, says the Torah in Vayikra Perik Aleph. Now among those details in Vayikra Perik Aleph are v'samachet yado, you're supposed to take your hands and you're supposed to lean them on the animal. Which means to say what we know about a korban olat nidava. Again, a sacrifice which is entirely sacrificed and given, burnt to God, we know a detail with regards to We know there was a simicha. We know that you leaned your hand on it. We know that you uh, confessed as you did so. So as a result, the dirasha here in the Beraitai is that the mishpat, the law of this korban olah, which Aharon was bringing, which was obligatory, it was done kamishpat, it was done like the laws of another korban olah, which we already know about, that's the words, limed al olat hoval, we learn from this pasuk, which says that he did it, Aharon did, based on the laws of korban olah, limed al olat hoval, sheteuna semicha, that it too needs semicha, it too needs the placing of the hands on the animal. That in and of itself are the words of the Beraita. Again, the words of the Beraita teach from a pasuk in the Torah, in Parashat Shemini, on the day of the consecration of Mishkan, as Aharon is bringing a korban olat hova, that he did it according to the laws of the korban ola. What sort of laws are we referring to? We don't know any laws with regards to korban olat hova. If I say to you, do this lawfully, you assume that I've already mentioned to you the laws. It must be that it's referencing us back to the initial description of Korban Ola in Parashat Vayikra. What's that? That's what we call an Olat Nedava, to teach us that you need Semicha. That's first initial stages to what will be somewhat of a complicated, well, I'll tell you, the most complicated Gemara Masechet Beza. Says the Gemara that Rabbi Yitzhak Bar Abba, who hears this Beraita being read and recited in front of him, responds, and we've, uh, we've mapped it, we've, we've choreographed this in the past. The way, again, it would work is there's the teacher, and there's someone in the crowd among the, the students, the aspiring rabbis, who would quote Beraitot, and then the teacher would respond, and he'd explain. So the Gemara, on many occasions, recreates that for us. So here's the Tane Tana Kame. Here's the individual who's citing this in front of Rabbi Yitzhak Barabah. Now Rabbi Yitzhak Barabah listens to that and responds. Amar le de Amar lecha maneh. Rabbi Yitzhak Barabah responds to this individual who read that Beraita. And he said, who told you this? Man in Aramaic means who. So his question is, he says, whose opinion are you reflecting in those words that you just recited? You just mentioned from a Beraita that we needed to. Here's the critical methodological point. You needed to learn from a pasuk that a korban olat hova needs semicha. You needed a pasuk for that, that you're already boxing yourself into an opinion. Or which opinion are we boxing ourselves into? Well, we started the class that there's this opinion of Bet Shammai, Bet Shammaihi. It must be the opinion of Bet Shammai. You have to see it with a little bit of a snarl on the face of Rabbi Tzhak Barabah as he says this, because nobody wants to be reciting the words which are not al-Badihil Chita, which are not following uh, the mainstream approach over here. It's going to be ultimately speaking the same law that he did do a Semicha, but where did you learn that? In the method, with the method of Bet Shammai? I don't know if that's the greatest uh, Beraita for you to be citing. But what does it have to do with Bet Shammai? Let's pause for a second and remember Bet Shammai. Bet Shammai seemingly has very little to do with this. Bet Shammai and Amishnah taught us that on the holiday, when a person would bring, again, what's called a Shalmeh Hagiga, a Shalmeh Simcha, 
Those are obligatory korban shilamim. We're not even talking about a korban ola right now. Obligatory two shilamim. Shilamim is unique um, um, sacrifices in which the kohen would eat from the hazeh b'shok, the, hel, the halavim, the fats, would be burnt and sent up to the heavens, and the owners would eat the rest. There were two of those which were brought on every holiday, a shalmeh hagiga and a shalmeh simcha. Beit Shammai taught us in the Mishnah, no simicha. Although it's brought on the holiday, you're not leaning on it. What does that have to do with this statement over here? During the year, you would need simicha? Say regular day? You would always need simicha. Again, the question is, uh, that's right, so, you know, what does this have to do with anything? Well, we're, let, let me review how far off this statement seems. It says it by Shalamim as well, but it says it specifically by Olat Nidava and by Shalmin Nidava. You don't have it by the obligatory sacrifices. That's really what's at stake over here. So the statement over here is it says you should know your comment from that Beraita in which you're deriving from a Pasuk the idea, the concept that a Simicha is to be done on a Korban Olat Hova must be according with Bet Shammai. What does that have to do with Bet Shammai? Delagamre Shalme Hova. That's a fascinating statement already. They don't learn, gamre, to learn, like Gemara, what we're learning right now. Shalme hova, korban shelamim, which is obligatory. Mishalme nedava, from korban shelamim, which is optional, which is out of the goodness of a person's heart. What does gamre in this context mean? So we've talked on more than one occasion about the different ways in which the Torah is interpreted by the Hachamim. And one of them is what's called Binyan Av. Binyan Av, loosely speaking, goes as follows. We look at the Torah and we assume that God was careful with every word that he dedicated to the text. And as a result, he could and should state a law as succinctly as he would be able to. And therefore, he would mention it in one place and assume that you and I logically would derive from that law to anywhere and everywhere else in the Torah. That's what's called the Binyanav. So I'll learn the law in one context and I'll say, well, if it applies over here, it must apply over there as well. Well, I know, I noticed that five people, that this person whose last name is Dweck is a Kohen, I could and should assume all Dweck's are Kohanim unless you have a reason to tell me otherwise. I noticed that, uh, I don't know, Feldman was a Levi. Unless you tell me otherwise, unless you put, I'm going to assume, I'm going to walk up to the next Feldman I meet and send them up for Levi. I, I, I'm, I'm careful with my, uh, you know, my wife listens to the recording sometimes. Anyway, so that, that's, that's what we have. Um, uh, okay, so now in this context as a result, uh, what the Gemara then is setting forth for us is that according to Beit Shammai, according to Beit Shammai, you would not make, again, what's called the Binyan Av, from Shalmei Chova, obligatory Korban Shelamim, from Shalmei from optional Korban Shelamim. What does that mean for us? It means the following. We're talking in our Mishnah again about a Korban Shelamim, which was to be brought on the Halatory as an obligatory sacrifice. The statement we're understanding is that Bet Shammai, who told us that you bring me Korban Shalmei Chova, but you don't do Simicha on it, must be because they don't look at a korban shelamim, which is optional, and say, let me learn from the law over there where you do simicha. 
to the Korban Shelamim on the holiday, which is obligatory, maybe over there as well you should do Simicha. Uh, let me repeat that again. It means that Bet Shammai have committed themselves in our Mishnah to the concept that they don't assume that the same laws, the identical laws of a Korban Shalmeh Nidava will apply to Korban Shalmeh Hova. How did they reveal that to us? Well, the Torah tells us that Shalmeh Nidava needs Semicha. Beit Shammai told us in the Mishnah that Shalmeh Nidava do not need Semicha. Well, that being the case, clearly Beit Shammai are not comfortable saying, well, if the optional sacrifice is A, so then the obligatory sacrifice is A as well. They're, they're not comfortable doing that. How do we know? Because they didn't allow for us to do the Semicha on Yom Tov. That being the case, when they then enter into the domain of Korban Ola, they would have to not learn a Binyanav as well. What would they do? They'd need a Pasuk in order to teach them the concept of Simicha. In other words, if I say to you that Bet Shammai have revealed to us their cards in the Mishnah by telling us, there's no Simicha, there's no leaning your hand on a Korban Shalmeh Hova, an obligatory Korban Shalamim that teaches me that they're not comfortable doing this Binyanav, comparing one to the other, from Nidava to Hova by Shilamim, and we therefore would assume they're not comfortable doing so by the Ola as well. That would mean there's no Simicha ever, it would appear, on Korban Shalmeh Nidava as well as Korban Olat Nidava. It's for that reason that the Beraita needs to tell you, but we learn from a Pasuk that by Olat Nidava there is Simicha. Whereas according to Beit Hillel, Beit Hillel must be learning this Bibinyanav. They must be doing this logically. Di'i Beit Hillel, kevan de gamre shalmei chova mi shalmei nedava, olat chova name lati ba'ekera de gamre me olat nedava. Di'i, because after all, if we're going according to Beit Hillel, kevan, since de gamre, they learn shalmei chova mi shalmei nedava, they compare the shelamim, which are obligatory, to the shelamim, which are optional. How do we know that we compare them? Well, after all, they told us in our Mishnah, you're doing simicha on the shalmeh hova. We have no pasuk in the Torah for that. They must be learning a binyanav. What's binyanav again? Where I say, logically, I'll compare these two. So, loti ba'ekera, you wouldn't, by olat by olat hova, need a pasuk either. Tibae tasrich, you shouldn't need kera pasuk. Digamre, because after all, they should learn it, they should derive it. Me'olat nedava. That's the Gemara's suggestion. So, the Yitzchak's question why uh, the fact that you're using a pasuk says that you're not learning this from the Binyanav, therefore, must be Beit Shammai and not Beit Hillel. Which in turn means it's a funny it's, bit I taught yeah. to be citing. You walk into the you're room off. and you tell me, I, I heard a halacha from. Uh, compare anyone to Beit Shammai, from the opinion that we don't follow. I don't know, I have no good example, anything's going to be derogatory, right? I learned from the opinion, I said, Jesse, why, why didn't you come in and quote us a halakha that we do follow, right? In other words, right. that's exactly, that's, mm. that's all he's expressing. I was like, why would you come in and quote me Beit Shammai? The Again, where else are you going to find an obligation for simicha by shalmeh or olat hova? If the Torah never explicitly states it, the most simple way to go is binyana. 
That's the most simple way to go on this. You wouldn't get it. In other words, I say there's another Feldman. I don't need to see your Kitab Yehus. I assume you're a Levi because I mm. met Feldman who's a Levi. Uh, in, so but maybe Bet I'm saying this Feldman's a Yisrael because he's a he's a Hova that's good. A, so clearly Bet Shammai is doing something like that. Right. That's why they need the pasuk. We're not angry at Bet Shammai. We're angry angry at this Bet Aita. Why do you need a side? Why would you say? In other words, you say to me, uh, had I uh, well one Feldman spells it with one D and the other one with two D, so that's the way we knocked it up. So that what the Gemara will be clear about in a moment is the reason Bet Shammai is not comfortable with this Binyanav is to say and to compare something which is often and prevalent with regards to uh, it's your own uh, donation as, as opposed to something which is particular and specific and obligatory, it's not so easy to compare those two. Uh, that's what the Gemara then. He's also using, we're talking about Shalmet Shila, Korban Shalamim here and not really Korban Allah and then we're saying because Beit Shammai doesn't use a binyan av on Korban Shalamin. He must not use it on Allah, but we never use the law. He never... What we do know is that... He also doesn't use it on Allah. He doesn't, but we say, in other words, what was the distinguishing feature that I just mentioned? The only difference is... Chova and Nedava. Mm -hmm. If Beit Hillel is comfortable saying Chova and Nedava are equivalent, they should say it both by Shalamim and by Allah. That's the assumption. And in turn, the fact that, you're right, the Gemara will, will wonder out loud what you, what you just asked, basically. It says the Gemara, Umimai de Betilel Shalme Hova Mishalme Nedava Gamre, question mark. Who told you, what made it clear to you to be its Hakna Bar Abba, that Betilel indeed are deriving their laws by Shalme Hova, which is our Mishnah, Shalme Hagiga, Shalme Simcha. Who said they're deriving those laws from Shalmei Nedava? Dilma, Dilma means maybe, I always say Milashon Dilemma. Me'olat Chova Gamre. Wow. Ve'olat Chova Gufa Ba'ayakera. The Gemara suggests that maybe Bet Hillel could not and would not logically deduce. Uh, he spells his name Feldman with one D and that one with two Ds. One's Chova and one's Nedava. I can't compare one to the other. Uh, so then how did they in our Mishnah know and clearly state that you do Simicha on the Shalmehova? Maybe they too learn it from Olat Nedava. What? Maybe they too, says the Gemara, Dilma Me'olat Chova Gamre. They go from Olat Chova, from obligatory Korban Chova, Ve'olat Chova Gufa Ba'ayakera. And Olat Chova itself needs a pasuk, which means to say the following. The Gemara suggests that maybe Beit Hillel as well have somewhat of a chain reaction over here. I have a pasuk at the very beginning of Sefer Vayikra. The very beginning of Sefer Vayikra says, if you donate a korban Ola, you need to do Semicha. Got it. Now, that teaches me Semicha by a korban Olat Nidava, if you decide to do it. I now link that to the Olat Chova. Where did we find Olat Chova? By Yom HaShemini, Aharon sacrifice on the eighth day. How did I link the two? Kamishpat, according to the laws of, according to the laws of the Korban Olat Nidava. 
now that I have it by both korban olat nedava and olat hova, I then took olat hova and I said, well, it's obligatory, and this other one's obligatory, shalmeh hova, I linked those two, bibinyan av, but it means to begin with, even betilel, we're not comfortable without a pasuk linking us to olat hova, stating that by shalmeh hova, you should have to do semicha. And it was the Gemara is suggesting to Rebiz Hakbar Abba, even Betilel would need to begin with this derasha. I know it's a little convoluted, it's a little technical over here, but that's the suggestion of the Gemara. Do you follow, Jesse? Again, it says the Gemara, everybody, even Betilel. Betilel would not and could not be comfortable extrapolating from Nidava to Hova unless you had a pasuk. You had a pasuk which brought you into the world of Olat Hova. Uh, what's the Olat Hova? Aharon on the eighth day. Olat Hova in turn, I'll compare it to Shalmei Hova. Then you could choose a Kalva Chomer at that point also. Well, I don't know about a Kalva Chomer. Because you need to do Simicha and Hova, obviously you need to do a Nidava, which was more stringent. Nidava we have Pesukim for. That we know. So we're trying to learn Hova. We're trying to get to Hova. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to get from Nidava to Hova. And the what are our examples? What are our examples? Shilamim and Ola, we know optional, that's easy. That means you, out of the goodness of your heart, for one reason or another, decided Ola, going to give it all to God. Shilamim, we're going to enjoy it as well with the Kohanim. Great. What's the obligatory circumstances? Shilamim, we've been talking about two. Shalmeh Hagiga and Shalmeh Simcha. Those are the two types of sacrifices which were brought on the holidays. How did they fulfill that? Masechet Hagiga, we've talked a little bit about it over here. Ola, we know something on the holiday called an Ola Tere'iyah, that was an obligatory one. And the one that we introduced today was on the eighth day of the Miluim, when Aharon was bringing many sacrifices, one of them was an Ola. We know these other places where they're obligatory. When the Nazir finishes, we talked about how he would bring three sacrifices. But, and by extension, all of this conversation, when we talk about Hova Nedava, it's all the Hova circumstances, including the ones we just mentioned. All right, so that's the suggestion of the Gemara now. Says the Gemara, Maishena Mishalmen Nedava, Says the Gemara, well, I, it's hard for me to accept your claim. Your claim was that even according to Betilel, you would start with the Pasuk, and again, it was a chain reaction. Pasuk by Olat Nedava, at the beginning of Vayikra, teaches me to Olat Chova in Parashat Shemini with that Pasuk Kamishpat. That in turn I compare to the Shilamim and the Shalmeh Chova, what we're talking about in our Mishnah, and you derive that you need to do Simicha on all Shilamim, even Shalmeh Chova. It's a little hard for me to understand any of this logic because there were logical difficulties. What were the logical difficulties? Well, we mentioned one. For example, in our examples, the two Ds in the Feldman name. Over here you told me there's a difference between Hova and Nedava. What's the difference between Hova and Nedava? The words in the Gemara are Sheken Mitsuyin. Something which is a Nedava is more prevalent. If it's more prevalent, maybe over there the Torah says you do Semicha. Maybe on the unique, once in, a, once in a lifetime, once a year experience, a few times a year experience, you don't do uh, simicha. That's called a pircha. That's called a question on our binyana. Says the Gemara, you also have a pircha, you have a question on going from olat hova. What's olat hova? Olat hova, we just mentioned, is the pasuk in parashat shemini. To compare olat to shilamim should be knocked out as well. Why would you say an ola to shilamim is not identical? It's not prevalent per se. They might be 
might be, but hola, it's more stringent. Why is it more stringent? Hola is kulo kalil. Kalil milashon kulo. All right, give me a second. Kali, I want to just finish. Give me, uh, I'm going to try my best. Shekulo kalil. What's that? Thursday, very late on. Oh, yeah. Without you there. Whenever you're not, whenever you're not around, I pay attention. 39, 40 minutes. We get so much more Torah when you're not around, Jeffrey. Anyway, anyway so the statement here, I'm just joking. He knows I'm joking. He knows I'm joking. Anyway, the statement over here. That's, that's right. We pray less, but we learn more. Anyway, the statement here is in the Gemara. Maybe even according to Betilel, you wouldn't be able to go again from a Korban Ola to a Korban Shilamim. And as a result, your whole construct, everything you just set up, uh, needs to fall down. In other words, you can't and shouldn't suggest that the Pasuk will save the day for Betilel, because that Pasuk, ultimately speaking, will lead me into Binyanav, which you told me we're not comfortable doing. We shouldn't be comfortable doing it now anyway. The next answer of the Gemara is, as Jeffrey has pointed out, I won't have time. It's just two words over here. It says the Gemara, Ata, Ate mi benaya. And I'm just going to tell you along the lines of what we're going to do. We say in the morning, either every day, if we finish on time, or on Shabbat in the morning, we talk about not only binyanav mi had, we talk about binyanav mi ketubim. That's what we're about to, do, to discuss in the Gemara in just those two words uh, in the concluding lines of this Subiyah. Baruch Amen ve Amen.